Welcome to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed and for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, who has the day off, our co-host today is none other than Jackson White. We were just talking about just before we came on the name, it's everything. To me, it's it's an iconic brand in and of itself. And you're doing so many wonderful things. Rebel HQ, politics and paper. Jackson, welcome back. I appreciate that. You know, I was having a little bit of a frustrating day. So when you gave me that compliment, it really brought me up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It reminded me that I am somebody. You feel me? You're, so, you're somebody that we look up to and we appreciate you. And um, let's get into it, shall we? We'll start in Louisville. Police there letting a police dog gnaw on a 14 year old who was compliant already on the ground. And the word gnaw is appropriate when we fill you in with more details here. The findings were published last Wednesday from the DOJ's two year investigation into the Louisville Metro Police Department. The Louisville Jefferson County Metro government revealed an officer unleashed his canine on a black 14 year old who was spotted lying on the ground posing absolutely no threat. As we covered last week, the investigation was launched in the aftermath of Breonna Taylor's 2020 death due to a botched police raid. And that's being kind, so much more went into that. Every time I see that smile, it hurts, it just hurts, she should be here. The larger report concluded the police department government agency exhibited a pattern of misconduct, excessive use of force and discrimination. Details of the dog incident per the report, The police dog incident occurred during a search for a home invasion. The suspect of that, according to the Department of Justice, which reviewed a video of the encounter, the date of the incident and the name of the officer, not disclosed. The OJ wrote in its report, the officer was leading his dog to search for a person suspected of a home invasion. After searching for several minutes, the officer saw the teenager lying on the ground face down in the grass. Immediately after noticing the teen, the officer deployed his dog off leash. Without giving any warning, ordered the dog to bite the teen at least seven times. Again, that's from Department of Justice Civil Rights Division, US Attorney's Office, Western District of Kentucky Civil Division. Despite the teen staying prone and pleading, okay, okay, help, get the dog, please. Officers stood over him shouting. Orders for nearly 30 seconds while the dog gnawed on his arm. Officers failed to recognize the teen could not comply with their commands given the dog's hold on his arm. At one point an officer shouted, stop biting my dog. Despite what the video shows, the teen lying still with one arm behind his back, the other arm in the dog's mouth. 14 year old suffered serious injuries on his arm. And back from the bites, had to go to the children's hospital for treatment here. The report included another police dog incident during which the DOG said officers found a white man lying face up on his back in his boxers with his hands up. The man tried to comply with the officer's orders while the dog continued to bite his foot for nearly a minute. There's more. The GOJ further wrote, in both incidents, officers should not have ordered their dogs to bite the people involved. Both were trying to comply with orders and were not resisting. Because these bites went on for 
far longer than was necessary. And given the way that officers spoke to these individuals, we have serious concerns that these users, uses rather of force were punitive, reflecting a dangerous lack of self-control by the officers. And subjecting these individuals to excruciating uses of force far beyond lawful limits. I'll get your global reaction to this report first, Jackson. And then let's talk more specifics about what it means. So, I mean, when it comes to issues like this, I'm pretty much at the point now where I understand and most of us understand that unless there's mass mobilization, especially within local elections, this won't change. It simply won't because the police units know that there's not much repercussion or consequence. And more importantly, perhaps, there's still a large enough chunk of people within the country who either don't think there's an issue or don't care that there's an issue. And so there's simply too many forces against us in terms of just protesting and making noise about things. That's very important to raise awareness. But at the end of the day, we're simply not involved enough in local elections. We're simply not involved enough in our communities because this is a problem that can be changed. You know, Even just looking at American history, we've overcome great things, whether that be racial disparities or just working class disparities. Look at the history of unionization in this country, how hard people came together to make different types of visions come true. But at the end of the day, if we, if we don't do better, this won't get better. And that's just what it is. Yeah, that's just what it is. Um, and I wonder, you know, you mentioned that there's still some people out there. Who are you? And do we need to knock on your? Who is left that doesn't understand? That this, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and maybe they're wearing red hats. But yeah. at the end of the day, it appears like the Department of Justice is making the case that this is systemic. But these words that we keep using, they seem lost on people because you pull out an incident here and I'm all for the transparency and every little detail along the way. But at the end of the day, these aren't bad apples and this isn't isolated. It, we don't have proof that this is part of their training, Jackson. You know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm searching here and I want you to get oh. me there. But at the end of the day, it, it feels like this is how they're training police to behave, right down to the stop fighting my dog, which sounds a lot like stop resisting when no one's resisting. Okay, your dog. Can, can I have my arm back from your dog? Well, and I mean, you know, you got to keep in mind too. We got we got evidence, but there's also a lot of people who believe the Earth is flat, which is one of the most ridiculous things that you yeah. could possibly believe in modern times, and especially people searching for confirmation bias who exist in echo chambers online. We just simply have to beat these people at the polls. We have to replace people who are at the head of departments because they don't care. Yeah, you know. So it's 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 an unfortunate thing, but I'm just you know it's just kind of like we got to fight harder. That's the only solution. There's nothing else we can do. We got to fight harder, and we got to put you know now now I do want to go back to individuals. These people must not remain. You get a few cops who are indicted. And you never really touched the ones who stood by and watched or didn't report it, didn't flag it, didn't do what you're supposed to do when you have just, I don't know, a little bit of a moral compass. These people remain in place as if, you know, we could talk about that banking issue out west, right? Um, SVB Bank that was about to have a run on the money. Those people who caused these things still remain, right? When we had Barack Obama come into office and you had to deal with oh the auto industry, the banks, mortgages, all these things. Those same people are still making hundreds of millions of dollars. They're in place. They caused it. 
And so can we not look at this systemic policing problem and say, stop talking just about the system. What about the people in it and barring them from ever becoming police officers again? And yes, we want them punished, but we can't keep recycling these people. Yeah, no, I think that's important as well because I think that's a good point you made about when you kind of look at the system at large, it takes responsibility away from people who are actually committing you know, these violations. So you have to pay attention to detail across the board. But you're 100% right just on you know the people who caused a 2008 crash, they're still in, a lot of them are still in the same positions. And with the Silicon Valley Bank, it was the same issue of just making bad investments. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, people weren't looking for loans, mm-hmm. so they made uh, long-term investments and hold to maturity securities. But at the end of the day, it's just about power and who's got it. And if we come together, we can make a change for this. But I really do have hope. But overall, we just have to fight harder. There's no other solution because they ain't gonna yeah. do nothing for us just because we asking. And apparently the talk that we have to give our, our our black children, our black and brown children, that's not gonna help you either. Lying on the ground, okay, hands up and you're still attacked and, and need to be hospitalized. Thank goodness in this case, the 14 year old is still alive. We'll move on, Jackson, this next one, a teacher who perhaps believed in the flag so dearly they were willing to fight for it. That would be how MAGA would headline the story. But again, that's not us. So let me tell you the real deal here. A teacher accosted a teen for refusing to pledge of allegiance. Is this not incredible? That's kind of like what gangs do. If you don't follow the gang rules, we're gonna attack you. So you do it our way, right up to the gang signs. Marissa Barnwell's her name, 15 year old student at River Bluff High School in Lexington, South Carolina. She says she was physically assaulted by a teacher for refusing to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Wow, okay. And might I say she looks like an angel? I don't know if she is, but that's how she looks. And if she doesn't want to say the pledge, well, Not in this classroom, apparently. Now her parents are suing Lexington School District 1, Superintendent Dorita Postalweight. River Bluff Principal Jacob Smith in the center there. River Bluff teacher Nicole Livingston on the right. And South Carolina Department of Education on this young lady's behalf. According to the lawsuit filed February 13th on November 29th. 2022, Barnwell, black honor roll student, was walking in the hallway on her way to class when the Pledge of Allegiance began to play over the intercom. Barnwell allegedly refrained in a non disruptive manner to acknowledge the pledge as she walked into her classroom. Livingston began yelling and demanding that Barnwell stop to acknowledge the pledge, then physically assaulted her by pushing her on a wall. Livingston then escorted her to the principal's office to be further punished. Barnwell said she was in disbelief during the incident and even told Livingston to get your hands off of me. When Barnwell told Smith what happened, he told her he would review the video footage, send her back to class with her alleged abuser. She called her mother in tears. Barnwell was extremely upset, emotionally disturbed. That according to the lawsuit. 
Barnwell said at a news conference Thursday, I was completely and utterly disrespected. No one has apologized, no one has acknowledged my hurt. The fact that the school is defending that kind of behavior is unimaginable. That's the first argument I have with what the teenagers, it's very, it's, it's very credible. We believe it, trust me. I was completely, utterly disrespected. Yep, you were. Farmwell said she was the only African American in the hallway that morning. She was targeted because of that. No other student was confronted by the teacher. River Bluff is a majority white school. Over 73% of the student body is white, according to US News and World Report. Lawsuit claims the encounter violated Barmo's constitutional rights and violated the First and 14th Amendments. It is well established that the government cannot compel anyone to acknowledge the Pledge of Allegiance, the lawsuit says. Isn't this, I thought we knew this, not everybody. Under South Carolina law, anyone who does not want to participate is exempt, cannot be penalized. They're allowed to express non-participation in any way that does not infringe on the rights of others or disrupt school activities. Walking in the hallway, minding her business. Following the incident, Barmo's parents said they never heard from the district. And now they're trying to seek accountability for Livingston's actions. But Livingston, Postal Waite, Smith, the school district, the Department of Education refused to accept any responsibility. Why not follow the law? River Bluff High School website indicates Livingston, a special education teacher, is still employed by the district. Libby Roof, the chief communications officer for Lexington School District 1, said the district's attorney is working on a response to the lawsuit, which will be filed in the coming weeks. Jackson, well, what I think happened to follow the law? <laughs> well, it's not it, it, this time. Well, the, the law that serves me, you know what I'm saying? That's what it's all about, following the law that serves my ego and my feelings. But um, one of the things that this really made me think about is just how this type of uh, sentiment of American exceptionalism is very prevalent within our everyday discourse. It's led to things like the reversal of Roe v. Wade. It's led to things like drag shows being banned. It's led to Republicans putting forth um, you know, different types of policies to make it harder for people to vote. Because it's separating the others from those who don't love America for what you think it is. And you see examples of this even with like Tucker Carlson recently refusing to condemn January 6th insurrection, even after all that's happened. While the Republican Party claims that they don't want Donald Trump in office, but he's sucking all the air out of the primary already. Ron DeSantis has yet to run. All of this to do with what's driving people to the polls on that side. Why is the Republican Party still so enthralled with Donald Trump? Why are they still so enthralled with racism and sexism and hatred towards the LGBTQ community? Because those are all people who don't fit the mold of what white America is supposed to be. So all of this rhetoric that we see every single day across all of these news outlets, when we see people like Rhonda Sanders talking about anti-woke this, anti-woke that, it puts little black girls like her into that category. Otherwise, why would she be so mad because she didn't sing the Pledge of Allegiance? She's a little girl, she's a little kid, who cares? Like she's not thinking about all that. She's acting like she was a veteran in World War II or something. <laughs> I don't know anybody who has that much love for the United States except people who fought in World War II. To where is that genuine? I mean, I just kind of pulled out pulled that out of my head. But yeah. at the same time, like, do you really care that much? 
or do you just think that this little black girl should be punished? So you know. I think your questions are perfectly valid. I have questions too. You mentioned Ron DeSantis. My question number one: If you were on the Harvard baseball team, how come that was the weakest first pitch I saw? Okay, you can't <laughs> throw out the first pitch. But I digress. If you love the flag and you love America, and the pledge is the embodiment of your desire for America. Why are you getting violent and you're the one disrupting the pledge? I I would say that this teacher violated the law. Remember what it says, you don't have to participate as long as you're not disrupting other people. When the teacher decided to get MMA here, that's disruptive. I think the teacher should be charged. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I mean, regardless of what it was for, she put her hands on a child. You know, so and because she doesn't, she doesn't know that part of the law. She doesn't know any of that. And mm-hmm. oftentimes, people who are this type of extreme typically are very lacking in logic and just real information. Otherwise, they wouldn't act uh, uh, in these types of ways. But yeah, hundred percent, she should be prosecuted, and obviously, she should be fired and never allowed to work in another school again. You know, but I, but it shows you, doesn't it? Doesn't it show you the incredible privilege here from this not knowing the law teacher of special education? students here, it shows you the incredible privilege because you're right. We're sitting up here talking about a school district's response and you know, debating the law in South Carolina. Well, you and I don't have a debate about it. But at the end of the day, why is this woman not charged with child abuse? Why is she not charged with child abuse? Why, why don't I have, and I'm perhaps, listen, we've got a great investigative team here at Indisputable. So I'm sure they would tell me if there was a mugshot, they would have put it on. There's no mugshot, is there? There's not. No, there's no arrest. Okay, I've just gotten confirmation of that. So th- this is what we're trained to do when we should be saying, "Hey, help! There's an abuser in the classroom here." That's what we should be talking about. No. And how? I mean, how old is she? Like 33? You know what I'm saying? Like 33, 35, or something? And I, all the reason I bring that up to say is, it's like, how much love? And admiration, do you really have for the flag? You know what I'm saying? Like you're a millennial. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it's quite difficult for you to pay bills. I'm sure you've gone through all of uh, the economic hardships that all of us have. So honestly, this is very corny. Unfortunately, it led to violence and real hurt. But it's really corny. This is lame. It just yeah. is. Well, I think that's the perfect. I just think you should have led with that. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. This is a cornball move. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, you're probably right. I think age is important here. When you think about this, this young woman, this honor roll student has a level of maturity that the teacher does not. The teacher who is perhaps a millennial, what comes after that group? Gen it takes Z, a lot of, Zoomers. Really? Takes yeah, a lot I of think selfies. They they both take a lot of selfies. Okay. Yeah. And that's what she should stick to instead of apprehending young honor roll African American students who are minding their own business and do not have to say the pledge, ma'am. They don't this have to do America, it. Though. It's America. Well, this it's is her America. America. In her America, you got to sing the Pledge of Allegiance. I like Donald Glover's This is America Better. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that one. This is Thanks. America. Uh, much more indisputable to come. Jackson White is our co host. Today, um, love is insight, Uh, a lot more when we come right back.
Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, who has the day off. Doctor needs a little time off. He's got to recharge, rejuvenate the whole thing so that he can continue to be the special talent and professor and justice seeker that we need him to be. Jackson White is our co-host today. Um, love, love, love having you on. If you could hear our discussions when, <laughs> when during the break, can they hear our discussions? I'm fine with it. If they can, they can. Uh, maybe hey, that's I'm, we'll I'm a transparent person, you know you what I'm are. saying? So whatever people hear, they didn't already heard me say it out loud. So, And that's the best thing. Living your life in truth is a beautiful thing. It's called freedom, called freedom. Yes. Uh, we love our TYT members who know a lot about freedom and who are freedom seekers. Uh, when we say members make TYT possible, it's not hyperbole. We literally could not do it without you, okay? But a TYT membership does so much more than keep TYT alive and sustainable. It goes to helping families in need, organizing communities, original progressive watchdog reporting, holding the powerful accountable, applying pressure to our elected officials, developing new TYT shows, boldly pursuing the truth, most important of all, fighting positive, progressive change every single day, look at that lineup. Aren't you proud to be a part of this? It gives me chills to look at that lineup, it really does. It gives me chills, right? Most humble Yeah, no, people, this is, this is definitely been, yeah. it's just a bunch of awesome people in one network, it really is. It's yeah. been great being here for sure. And, and everybody is, you're not gonna find somebody who is um, one way off and something different. When you view them through that lens, that's what I love. Become a member directly on YouTube by clicking join, or you can go to tyt.com slash join to sign up. <laughs> we need more of you, and we need less of these hens, okay? I wish you Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a In Sunday? You're gonna feel great, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Yo, it's. I got this on video, bro. You good, bro? I got this on video, bro. You good? Man, please get in the car, ma'am. Don't ever touch me again. Sir, sir. But get your get your girl, bro. Bro. Don't you ever touch Well, he ain't tried nothing. He tried to do anything. The Violent with her words, violent, just period. 
Jackson, what I see here is a very violent, very blonde thug. That's <laughs> what I see. What did you see? I saw the same thing, and and I'm so, I'm sorry, but it always kills me. I don't care what the reason is for when women try to fight men. Like, just don't do it. Why? What are you thinking? Like, I don't care what the reasons for, unless it's like your life's in danger and he's actively hitting you. What are you thinking? First and foremost, just just don't do it. And secondly, her man was trying to get her off, you know, like it, but not that well. You know what I'm saying? So you already, I don't know, that can't be a good relationship. Because he has not, not that you should have control over people, but she's just not listening to anyone. Like, get in the car. He didn't do anything. And she's just like, ah, don't ever touch me. Like, why yeah. you ain't just go talk to the police officers if, if he really tried to touch you like that? And your own man said that wasn't, didn't nobody try to touch you. And then she started touching him. Like, what, is he supposed to just allow you to hit him? And he clearly was just chilling. But I, it just always kills me when that happens. It's like, it's just not a good idea. If a, unless a man is actively hitting you, don't try to fight a man. You're not going to win. You're just yeah. not. Layla Ali, Ronda Rousey. My, yeah, but they but might who, disagree but, with you, Jackson. No, but how no, many Jackson, people are really like it. that though? Now stop right there. Uh, how well, many people are really like that though? Let's not this this one. Okay, she was using her vile, filthy, accusatory mouth that could. Honestly, we're not, this is not going too far. That vile, filthy, dirty mouth of hers that's accusing a black man of rape, that's gotten many a black man killed in this country, okay? Even less of a filthy mouth has gotten a black man killed. So I don't even think her, and yes, there was some discussion in, in the production meeting that perhaps she's, you know, on that sauce or juice or whatever the kids say. Okay, she's drunk, all right? She's drunk. That's how it looked. We don't know for sure, but I don't even care because this is how she talked. Yeah. Do you think I've never been drunk? You know that I've never been drunk in my <laughs> life. But do you never been not drunk? And it might, time, it. it might be time. It might be time. You're not missing. But it. do you think, knowing what you know about me, that's what I would do? I might be obnoxious in some other ways. Mm, okay. Nah, I don't. Nah, do I don't that's think that's how you I would behave. That. Right. This is no. who she is. Yeah. No. Nah. I mean, again, you're not really missing anything, never having been hammered. It's really not that fun. But typically, it kind of brings out kind of who you are in, mm-hmm. in some form or fashion. So, no, she's probably rather difficult all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's why her man didn't intervene more. But I, I want to get your take on this. It saddens me, not just that, that again, she's quite vile. And at first, I didn't have my glasses on. And I saw the blonde hair and then the little nasty, you know, no Botox face that she was making and it reminded me of someone on Capitol Hill. Okay, I don't want to go further <laughs> than that. And I said, and then I put my glasses on and I realized, oh no, that's not her. She's making trouble outside AOC's office. It's not her. But what bothers me too is that black men have to instantly go into CYA mode, document. Let's make sure because even drunk Karen's gonna be believed here. Whatever she says is gonna, I could lose my life. I could lose my freedom. At the very least, I could lose my job. This could really happen. And so what do you think about, because it's something that we, we all do. And I guess it's not just black men, brown women do it too. We, we think, okay, let's, let's button it up here. How can we prove that what we're saying is true? Because they're gonna automatically get the nod. Hold on, what'd you say? I'm sorry, Did, what'd you just ask me? Well, what I'm saying to you is what about the reaction? A black man has to go right into, 
you didn't pop an edible, did you? Just now? I don't no, know. Maybe no, I was, I was, I was, okay. I got, I got an email, so I was just looking at it down like that's that. Okay. That's I mean, okay. No, I was ranting and raving, but my point is, <laughs> yeah, they no. have to document instantly because even a drunk Karen is going to be believed. Yeah, no, nah, and I mean, luckily at the same time as well, and her man even pointed that out. Like, there's cameras all over here. There's CCTV, so everything that happened, <laughs> they're going to be able to look at it. And she still didn't listen to it. Yeah. I thought that they handled it very well at the end of the day, because he could have been rowdy. He could have been yelling at her, calling her names just for her being annoying, and he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and two, no one believed her. And if your own man isn't backing you up, then you're probably tripping. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I felt like I felt like he was pointing out the cameras because for a long time he's been trying to get her out of the house, arrested something. <laughs> and he's like, "Can you turn this in? Hello, hello." You know, they try, they're trying to bring the they're trying to strengthen the relationship. They yeah. have out in a while, you know what I'm saying? But uh, maybe it's time to split up. <laughs> I bet she's a trip at home, yo. Okay, <laughs> she's a trip. Okay, we'll move on. I think we got your number. We got your number, Blondie. Wow. A cop has now been charged with the murder of a black man inside of a car sleeping. It's a damn shame. I'm gonna take you to the video. We'll get into the background. Here it is. No, but he's waking up though. Hey, bring me, hey, bring me some more light. Oh, he's waking up. Watch, watch, watch it. Watch the hands. Hey, put the light on him. Hey, come closer. Come closer now. Move up closer. Move up. Where's the gun there? Where's the gun there? Should we knock? Hey, you might want to step out of the way, man. These guys aren't the target. Now you're going to scare him. Watch. Hey, I can't see his hands. Hey, come closer. Put the light on his hand. No. Knock on the window. You ready? Oh, yeah, I see him. You ready now? I see him. He ain't waking up. No threat. No threat. Let's put the picture up. Full mass. A cop has now been charged. His name is Sergeant Enos Jevrick and other officers decided to surround Antoine Gilmore. And then this sergeant decided to just fire. The US Attorney for the District of Columbia unsealed a federal indictment Tuesday, charging DC Metropolitan Police Sergeant Ennis Jevrick, 41 years of age with second degree murder. And also they added a federal civil rights violation in the fatal August 2021 shooting of Antoine Gilmore, 27, who was asleep in his car. The indictment charges this sergeant who violated Mr. Gilmore's civil rights by willfully depriving him of his right to be free from the use of excessive force. It carries a maximum of life in prison. The shooting occurred after reports of a man sleeping or unconscious behind the wheel of a black BMW at a spotlight in Northeast Washington around 3 a.m. This was August 25th, 2021. 
According to the police department, an officer approached the car and spotted a handgun tucked into the man's waistband. Reinforcement were called in as several officers approached the car behind a bulletproof ballistic shield. Body camera footage shows a crowd of officers approaching the car, tapping on the window. There's more. When Mr. Gilmore awoke and began to drive away, obviously out of fear, the sergeant fired at least 10 rounds at the car in a use of deadly force that appeared to violate DC police department policies against shooting at moving vehicles. Police chief Robert J. Conti III said at the time, after the sergeant opened fire, the BMW crashed into a tree and Mr. Gilmore was found fatally wounded in the driver's seat. The loaded handgun that officers observed when they first encountered him was still in the right side of his waistband. Can I remind everyone that every person in America, virtually adult, you have the right to bear arms. The Constitution says it. Typically, conservatives will talk about how this is a fundamental right. Then all of a sudden, when a black man has an exercise of this right, there's an assumption he's a criminal. He has violated the law. It's a damn shame. Police have said that crucial moments leading up to the shooting from the body camera were obscured by the ballistic shield he was carrying. It was not clear what other officers saw. The sergeant was the only officer of about six at the scene who fired a gun. Now I've said this to you before, because we've seen one cop fire and nobody else, no other cop open fire. We've talked about this right here. What does that mean? That means that no other police officer thought it was a situation where you needed to open fire. Only one did. Our police have said that they do not know precisely what happened inside the car when Gilmore stirred as police knocked on a window or why the sergeant fired. The sergeant did not give a statement to detectives as was his right while prosecutors reviewed the shooting. He has declined to comment publicly on the shooting. Let's go to this council member who had a very credible and common sense statement, okay? Uh, Janice Lewis George. Sitting here trying to figure out how law enforcement can successfully de escalate a white domestic terrorist in a truck threatening to blow up the Capitol with the bomb, but not a black man who fell asleep in his car wasn't even antithetical to police, committed no crime, was terrified. Looks like he had a right to be. All right, I'm very thankful that the district prosecutor did pick this up. If we had the George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act, we can have more arrests like this because it would actually create a standard of equivocation. Their standard would be your standard, all right? We need that on the books ASAP. Dan, thoughts here? 
if these police were worth a damn, they would be actually be able to protect and serve from a sleeping black man in a non-moving yeah. car. Like you said, this is this is America. We've laid that bed. Everyone as an adult has the right to have a peace with them in most places. So yeah, sure you deal with that. But if a person is in an intersection and they're sleeping, let's say maybe they're intoxicated. It's the middle of the night. Sure, the car's not moving. Your cops <laughs> just corner them in, let them wake up. There's so many ways to deescalate that situation. Perhaps the easiest situation to deescalate that you as a cop will deal yep. with, then didn't have to end with taking that man's life. So I'm horrifying. I'm glad there's a little bit of justice here that usually isn't. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, remember him. This is an update, if you will. Um, he likes to be on social media. He says he just wants to, well, communicate with his constituents. This lieutenant governor, who like the man's thirst trap, has now quit <laughs> social media. He's taking a pause, right? The Tennessee lieutenant governor, who was embroiled in a social media scandal, is now changing his habits online. What were those habits? Hmm. Uh, here's an MSNBC recap for you of the scandal in question. Tennessee, for one, has passed more anti-LGBTQ legislation than any other state. It recently banned gender-affirming care for children and became the first state to make drag performances a felony. You may recall that the state's governor was called a hypocrite for recently signing a ban on drag, despite the fact that he himself dressed in drag back in the 1970s. Now his lieutenant governor, who presides over the state Senate that passed those anti-LGBTQ measures, the lieutenant governor is in a similar pickle. Today, the Tennessee Holler, a progressive website, was first to report that Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally used his official government account to frequently like and comment on, let us say, mature photos posted by young gay and trans people on Instagram. On one post, which we've blurred for reasons you can imagine, the Lieutenant Governor posted a bunch of heart and fire emojis saying, quote, you can turn a rainy day into rainbows and sunshine. He also said, love it, about a shirtless pic, calling another a super look. McNally also told a trans woman she was super beautiful and elegant and even liked her video for Trans Awareness Month. Now, the lieutenant governor hasn't denied any of this. Instead, McNally's press team says he's just a prolific social media commenter who has no intention of stopping. It's that last part. You didn't even have to tell us that. We know he has no intent. He can't stop, okay? Because this is this is where his interest lies, okay? This lieutenant governor, you would say on Facebook, why is it even a story? He's spreading love and positivity. He's liking people, and that's what life should be about: spreading joy instead of hate. Except for the fact that he's like two people, <laughs> Jackson. There's two of this guy. All right. He is taking a pause. We should tell you this is <laughs> <the> state. <laughs> Can I just let me get to the punchline? <laughs> Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally recently issued a statement in regards to his social media usage. He should never shave the mustache, okay? This whole thing is built for the Daily Show. Never <laughs> shave it off, okay, Randy? Statement reads, I've long been active on social media. I made a point to engage you with people, not only in posts, Bad. But in comments and messages as well, 
My comments to Franklin McClure and others which have recently drawn so much attention are no different. He would go on to say, while I see now that I should have been more careful about how many comments and activity, how my comments and activity rather would be perceived. My intent was always engagement and encouragement. I apologize for any embarrassment my postings have caused my family, friends, and colleagues. For this reason, I will be pausing my social media activity in order to reflect and receive more guidance on the use of social media. <laughs> Who's going to guide him? <laughs> he would go on to defend himself from those who claim he's anti-gay. While I've made some mistakes in my use of social media, the characterization of me and my record as somehow anti-gay is inaccurate on a personal level. Nothing could be further from the truth. I believe every person has value and deserves respect regardless of their orientation. I am 79 years old and was raised at a time when homosexuality was deeply shameful. And I absolutely still hold traditional Tennessee values dear. But I now have friends and even a relative who is gay. Oh. In regards <laughs> to his record, right? While he affirmed his support for the state's bill restricting drag performances and said he supports traditional marriage, he noted that he spoke out against the bill to permit taxpayer funded child welfare agencies from refusing to work with same sex prospective parents. The bill was eventually signed by the governor in January 2020. I guess my first question to you, Jackson, is, and I know. Um, and there's something wrong with the chuckles because this is, is, is like Fantasy Island here. Stop it. We, it's fine. Stop it, Lieutenant Governor. Don't well, shave your mustache. Be you. But my question is this, Jackson. Do you feel sorry for him? And I don't know. This, I don't know what this sign language is. Is that sorry? Do, do, do I, I feel warmth? Do I feel warmth in my heart for him? Something. Uh, no, <laughs> and the reason I don't is because he's a politician. Yeah, and, and he's in a position to where it, the, uh, the stroke of his pen impacts people's lives. I mean, now on a spiritual level, I guess I, I could feel sorry for him in retrospect. Like I could feel sorry for the teenage him, you mm -hmm. know. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, Republicans stand for what they stand for in terms of the legislation that they pass over and over and over again, or try to pass over and over and over again. The messages that go out about how evil homosexuality is constantly all the time. And yet we see instances like this where people are on the down low. You know, people may have uh, wives and kids and they're living an alternative lifestyle and, and they're not being honest about who they are. And that's really obviously the biggest issue, especially when you're in a position of power and you're living a double lifestyle. It's like you're just shooting, you're really just shooting yourself. You know, you really just have self, uh, hatred for yourself. You're fighting against yourself because it's like, okay, you can get off of Twitter, but you're still gonna have the same urges. You're still gonna be sexually attracted to what you're sexually attracted to, and there's nothing wrong with that. But obviously, since he's pushing 80, he's setting his ways, and it's, you know, in terms of what people might think about him and what have you. But the cat's out of the bag now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It ain't gonna turn it back now. So you might as well stay out. But yeah. I agree with you. He's 79 years old. I don't feel sorry for him, but I have feelings and thoughts about the teenage him who was not perhaps, and we're speculating here, but I think we, we, we see you too. Not allowed to be who he wanted to be, who he really is, 
perhaps, I don't think that is a stretch, but these behaviors where you go out and you target and you actively engage with trans people, gay people, and then you work against their interests when there's literally kids who are dying because they're not allowed to be who they are. That part disgusts me. Much more indisputable when we come right back. I'm Sharon Reedin for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Jackson White is our co-host today. We appreciate you. Stay with us. This is indisputable. I'm Sharon Reedin for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, who has the day off. Jackson White is our co-host today. And we've been waiting, Jackson, to get to these viewer comments today. Oh, okay. TYT members, Mickey C, Silver Hair Dragon, commenting on the Karen who liked to cry rape. Why? Well, drunk, we think. Not sure, but the behavior was just disgusting. Mickey C says, white women claim to be so afraid of black men, so afraid that they get in their faces and attack. Good point, Mickey. That's a very good point. The only person who should be afraid in that situation is the black man. She might call the police in the hopes that they'll bring a gun. That part. Go to YouTube also about this blonde Karen. B. Jackson says, don't touch me while I attack you. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> right. okay. Just let me hit you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twitch, uh, this about that lieutenant governor who's taking a pause from social media after liking many of his constituents. Danger Dragon says, well, he's laughing. And then tell me you don't know how the web works without telling me. Okay. Also, guidance. You seem to have found the spot you wanted, pal. I agree. Who's I'm asking again, who is going to to guide the lieutenant governor there, okay? Who's gonna do it? Um, always love having your comments. Um, let's update you now, uh, the Cop City protesters hands were up when shot. This is another picture that every time it flashes up, sends chills, okay? Should be here, he should be here. Here's your update, Cop City activist who was shot and killed by police January 18th, had his hands in the air. That according to a second independent autopsy into the death. Manuel Esteban Paez Terran, 26 year old, who went by the nickname Tortuguita, meaning little turtle. Civil rights attorneys Brian Spears, Jeff Filipovitz. Hosted a news conference this morning to discuss their lawsuit and the autopsy results. The attorneys filed that suit against the city of Atlanta on Friday. They complained they have not received additional body cam footage of the shooting as promised by the city. After the GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, intervened to prevent the footage's release. GBI has selectively released information about Manny's death. They claim Manny failed to follow orders. What orders? GBI has not talked about the fact that Manny faced a firing squad when those shots were fired or who fired them. Body cam footage released so far. Many bullets can be heard but not seen. Here's one officer approaching a tent in the woods with his gun drawn. And the video officers express confusion over who fired first and ask if Police were firing at each other when this young man was killed. The GBI denied the officer's statement and release on February 9th. In an obit posted to one of the activist groups, 
Tortuguita belonged to. A friend of the activist posted, quote, I will never cease to be amazed by their tireless activism, their extreme empathy, and their ability to make everyone feel welcome in radical spaces. Tortuguita was staying in the woods to protest the construction of a military style training complex for police locally called Cop City. Because of course, we need another Cop City, don't we? We need another one. Tortuguita is alive in our hearts. My prayer is that the blood of my son will speak in all of our hearts. We are going to win. Is this winnable, Jackson? When even this young person who believed in the environment and loving others is gunned down in this way and lied on after he's gone. I think in the long run, change is possible. But in the short run, I don't think anything is going to change with this cop city. Because unless there's a force that's powerful enough to shut them down, why why would they shut down? I mean, Tortuguita was one of the most non-threatening looking people that you could have seen. On top of the fact that these officers weren't in danger, they have all the firepower, they have resources behind them, and they have the support of the state and the city behind them. So there was absolutely no reason for them to do this whatsoever. And unfortunately, all they were doing is protecting their interests, protecting their assets, and protecting their authority, most importantly. But um, again, in the long run, I think change is possible. But just the law enforcement system at large is very complicated. It's interconnected, but also it runs on municipalities. So you can change something in one state or one city and then not change in another one. So again, this is going to be a grassroots effort that's going to take a very long time. But this is a story of civilization and humanity. Endless fighting, we make progress, we make change, and it never stops. But that's what keeps us going. Tortuguita's death, their death, to me, points out something else. The statements in the aftermath of the shooting where bullets are just flying. These officers had extensive training. They had training. A military style training complex, Cop City. How would that have helped this situation? They're firing so many bullets. It is shocking that they did not gun down one of their own. The the bumbling, just going in, shooting, shooting, shooting. At what? A tent, as we saw in the one body cam angle that was released here and the GBI saying that, you know, I can demean your character after you're gone, but I can't release more body cam footage. I can say you didn't follow orders, but I won't tell you what those orders are. Doesn't this, what we know so far, Jackson, support the fact that no amount of training is going to stop this cycle of violence perpetuated by more gangs in uniform, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, knowing how to kill someone isn't going to prevent you from doing it. That's essentially what we're talking about. And at the end of the day, if there's no larger consequences or repercussions, then as you pointed out, this won't change. Because if you have the authority to take a life um, and there aren't consequences for you doing it, naturally, you're going to cross those boundaries. You're going to cross those lines because that's how people work. But yes, I mean, 
training, you can train them up. But at the end of the day, it's who you're hiring. Why are these people in these positions? What kind of backgrounds do they have? Oftentimes, police officers have very disturbing backgrounds of domestic violence and, and, and things along those lines. They never should have gotten the job in the first place. The standards need to be uh, raised on who can even work there. So much needs to happen. But one of the more important things is there have to be larger consequences to pay. That's where we have to start. Yeah. When you pal around with other people who perhaps hold similar values or, or life experiences, no wonder there's perceived and real collusion involved here. Thank goodness this family is lawyered up and doing an independent autopsy to refute what too often is the lie. Much more indisputable when we come right back. Welcome back to Indisputable, I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Jackson White is our co-host today. And listen, there's a powerful lineup here at TYT. So after you watch Unbossed with Nina Turner, make sure to stay tuned for the watch list. A.R. Jackson shares his take, very powerful take on the stories you should be paying attention to in news, politics, culture, current events, sports, much more. Subscribe to the watch list. Watch live daily, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, youtube.com slash watchlist, TYT. All right, more viewer comments for you. Um, always appreciate you all sharing your thoughts on the show. TYT member Progressive Alaskan says this about the protester shot, unfortunately, there are going to be many more senseless, innocent deaths if Cop City continues to be built. It's not off to a good start now, is it? YouTube, same story, Sante Combos. You can't train someone to have empathy. And I think that's really the crux of the matter. All the training in the world is not going to solve this, okay? You have to look at someone and believe they're a human being and deserving and allowing them. To be, and that's not happening too often. YouTube member C. Michael Henson, member for eight months, appreciate you. Many cops portray being big and bad, but in reality, many cops are cowards with guns. Many cops will flinch at a falling leaf and start shooting. And on Twitch, Danger Dragon says, he had entry wounds on his palms, exit wounds on the back of his hands, according to the family's independent autopsy. Again, not every family is afforded that. Thank goodness this family said, nope, not about to set us up this way. And we're not gonna go quietly. This next story is horrifying. The allegations, horrific. Paramedic arrested, paramedic arrested for praying on a teen patient. See the mugshot there, Akeem Bawahu. Joseph Abadel, 31-year-old paramedic, North Carolina, arrested for allegedly sexually assaulting a minor teen in the back of an ambulance earlier this year. In the back of an ambulance. According to the news outlet, Law and Crime, the suspect was taken into custody, charged with one count of felony sexual contact under the pretext of medical treatment. Give you the background on the incident. According to a press release, from the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department, victim, 17-year-old, 
who on January 17th experienced an unspecified medical episode. She was transported by Fort Mill Emergency Medical Services from Fort Mill to Atrium Health, Maine. In a subsequent press conference, officials specified that the victim accused the suspect, Opadali, of putting his hands down her pants while on the way to the hospital. Yeah. Upon arriving at Atrium, Maine, the victim reported to the hospital staff that it sexually assaulted her while they were in the back of the ambulance on their way to the hospital. Opadali was the only person riding in the back of the vehicle with the victim at the time, police said. The medical staff at the hospital treated the victim for medical episode and administered an additional exam and a sexual assault kit. Following an analysis of the sexual assault kit, examination of physical evidence and interviews with the victim and witnesses, detectives determined there was probable cause to arrest and charge Opadali. Following his arrest on March 7th, he was released that same day on $15,000, an unsecured bond. CMPD Chief Johnny Jennings used the opportunity to assail the county's bond system, claiming that Opadelli spent less than 40 minutes in jail before the law allowed him to sign himself out. Opadelli has been placed on administrative leave until his case plays out in court. Meanwhile, Fort Mill EMS is conducting its own internal investigation. This is so disturbing, Jackson. And if the allegations are proven, the punishment here, the bond is just ridiculous. But the punishment here has to be great. A minor seeking medical treatment at that moment is sexually assaulted. It's well, sick. And it, it absolutely. And if you know, you got to keep in mind for anyone watching, if he did, if he was that comfortable to do something like that, then that means that he has this type of um, uh, borderline behavior in his regular life because you don't just go from zero to 100 like that when it comes to depraved behavior. You typically start with your toes dipped in and then you get more and more used to the cold as you get deeper in. Um, so somebody like Opadelli absolutely is a danger uh, to women where, wherever they are and absolutely the consequences should be heavy. Because things like this aren't a one-off. Things like this don't necessarily happen all the time everywhere, but they do happen enough to where the consequences need to be dire. And this, these types of stories need to be talked about a lot more. You have police officers who I can't recall his name, but I remember a police officer got like 200 something years for he raped like a lot of women in the back of his police car. So stuff like this does happen, but again, keep in mind, that if he did this in the back of a ambulance, then he's doing stuff like this in his everyday life. 100% sure this dude's a creep. And if we just want to stick with the ambulance, I want to know in keeping with your, your line of thinking here, which is reasonable, incredible, who else didn't come forward? Who else didn't, wasn't believed? Who else, this, this teen could talk, you see. So that tells you something about his comfort level too, because as a medic, understood the present condition and did it anyway, allegedly. But I want to know what other complaints were perhaps not founded. Mm-hmm. I want to know how many other people are out there that this this individual perhaps accosted in this way, sexually assaulted, the words do matter. Absolutely. And um, you know, and you look at just domestic violence and uh, abuse situations, and oftentimes things happen dozens of times 
before a woman tells anybody at all or before they come to the authorities. So, you know, whether it's just, you know, random people he knows or people that he's been in relationships with, um, again, there's definitely no doubt that this type of behavior is habitual. Um, but unfortunately, this is what many women deal with at least once in their lives. You know, um, we all know a ton of women who have been sexually assaulted. So um, it's very common and it's very real. It's unfortunate, but men have to be held accountable for these kinds of things because generally speaking, we're more physically powerful. So there has to be consequences. Yeah, and there has to be a, a broader look. I Just my spidey reporter sense and my gut tells me and the fact that I am a woman that I don't want the medical company to be the ones who are investigating internally. I want yeah. to know more because again, we know how predators work as you pointed out. And so I want to know more about what was done here. And and I want to know about protocols. It does not, you know, that same spidey sense doesn't go off when I'm thinking about why are you riding in the back? Because you could see why that would be necessary, secure the patient, make sure the patient doesn't need some kind of intervention in route to the hospital where you know greater intervention is to be had. But I want to know about protocols. I want to know what everybody knew. I want to know where everyone was. And I want to know about prior history here. That's the only way the public's going to be safe. I agree 100%. And um, you know, oftentimes, unfortunately, police units investigate themselves and banks investigate themselves and everybody who shouldn't investigate themselves does it. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're 100% right. And I'm glad that you uh, pointed that out because it could be very easy for something like this to get swept under the rug. So, um, you know, again, this is an unfortunate occurrence that women go through rather frequently. We'll see what happens. He signed himself out. Um, I would at least put an ankle bracelet or something. Can right. somebody alert the community? That's where, if he was my neighbor, there'd be a sign in my yard. He's over there. All right. Stay woke, everybody. Uh, Indisputable will be right back. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Jackson White is our co host today. Always love. Getting his insight, his commentary. The members, though, let's talk about TYT membership. Every membership makes a monumental impact, helps us deliver bold, progressive live commentary, send petitions, very important, to our political leaders and pressure them to enact progressive policies, fund original progressive reporting, launch new progressive shows, and most important of all, allow TYT to remain independent, sustainable. Boldly challenge the establishment who's only interested in corruptly enriching themselves. You can become a member directly on YouTube by clicking join or just go to tyt.com slash join to sign up. Hey, the Indisputable podcast is growing. Very proud of this accomplishment. Uh, Dr. Richie has quite the following. He hears you whenever you miss Indisputable Live. You can always catch up on full episodes by checking out our podcast. Listen to Indisputable on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, it'd be great if you can rate our show with five stars. We do thank you. And frankly, if there's a way to give more stars than that, don't you think Indisputable deserves it? Dr. Richie's humble, but I'm filling in for him today. And I'm not so much. I think <laughs> the Indisputable podcast. So if you can figure out a way to give it more than five stars, 
it's deserved in my humble opinion. More viewer comments for you, um, you all are pretty vocal today. More about that Karen who loved to scream rape. Stop dragging TYT member Karen straight out of D.W. Griffith's birth of a nation. Black man raped me, sloppy drunk. Protester shot story, democracy for sale, cops aren't born cowards, they're trained to become that way. Hmm. YouTube now, predator EMT, Javar Ellis says. First police, now the paramedics, who's next, the fire department? Well, I don't want to indict the fire department. But we have had stories where arsonists have, I mean, you know, this is what happens. Arsonist decides to join the fire department. So we can't say that there's not a predator there too. Uh, society, microcosm, that whole thing. Taylor Taylor has this to say, does his defense, again, this is about that predator, accused uh, predator EMT. Taylor Taylor says, does his defense have anything to do with listening to a presidential candidate asking for a friend? I knew when one of y'all was going to bring up Donald Trump, okay? <laughs> but he did it to himself. and. It, you know, it just keeps it's giving life, 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 life. <sighs> One more for you, Twitch Predator EMT. Um, the comment is that's BS. I spent more time in jail for sleeping in my car. I bet you did, and it shows you our values, doesn't it? Okay, fall asleep in the car, and you don't get to sign and walk out. But apparently, this guy did. So it is what it is. Uh, let's get you this next story. Uh, we were talking in the break. This guy is a guy who loves the attention. And can't you just tell? Bling Bishop is back, allegedly fake bank documents to finance a home. Imagine that. That's the accusation. There's been a new development with Bling Bishop, Lamar Whitehead, who first drew attention when he was robbed while live streaming a sermon. Remember that? For those who need a reminder, let's show it to you again. How many of you have lost your faith because you saw somebody else die? What you about to go through? Yo, yo, all right, 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 all right, right, yo, all right, all right. That part where he dropped to the ground and um, well, thugs took his stuff. Remember that? Again, he loves the attention, okay? The bishop also drew social media backlash after a video of him grabbing a female patron was leaked online. And we have that. Now let's give Jesus a round of applause. While they take pictures and they wanna be on social media, take the pictures, take the pictures, take the pictures. Take the pitches, take the pitches. Now, now, now go over here, okay? Now go over here, go over here. Grab her, grab her out. Grab her out. Now you're gonna grab, grab her out. Grab her out. Grab her out. Grab her out. Get downstairs, grab her, grab her, grab her. Grab her, You're not gonna come in my space, I feel threatened. Amen? Amen.
not closing that out with the amen. But I'm always so curious who that one woman was who was kind of just peeking into the camera. What else did we miss there? Wow. Bling Bishop, Lamar Whitehead facing new federal fraud charges. According to the Daily News, Whitehead told a bank his business had $2 million in its coffers. It had less than $10. Now, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Like, we did. It's not realistic. It's not credible, Bling. The news outlet obtained this information from Manhattan federal court documents. He said there was $2 million, Jackson, and he had 10. He just reminds me of just regular old scammers. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just a scammer, and, and he decided to become a preacher. Like, I mean, his, his personality, the way he's flashy, it's just scammer, scam, scam, scam. Like, he reminds me of so many dudes and just in the street here and there. That's really all he is. From his, and, and no one likes to flash their ill-gotten gains more than people who stole the money. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just he has scammer written all over him, and he's really a clown, honestly. He's just a clown. And uh, the only time anyone talks about him is when he's getting in trouble or doing something really stupid. So, you know, how, how godly of him to, you know, choke the woman like that. And it was, he's just a scammer. That's all the dude is. He's a con artist. Con artist. And the money's not well spent. I don't of know if that was not. a custom Paisley suit he had on when he accosted <laughs> the woman. His grandma's couch. I was offended. <laughs> right. Weren't you offended by that? This yeah, is what no, you're spending the money on? And if there's only $10 in the bank account, Jackson, that that doesn't even cover the bank fees. Okay, we're begging Congress, do something about the bank fees. $10 doesn't even cover the bank fees. This is all you had left. We'll give yeah. you more further background on this alleged financial incident involving the bishop. Whitehead was arrested in December. Last year, he was charged with embezzling from one of his congregation members' retirement funds. Applied for a quarter million dollar business loan in the summer of 2018, reports the news. He didn't get the loan, which was good given that prosecutors allege White had made up some vital documents to support the loan application he filled out online. Despite not obtaining the 2018 loan, White had allegedly tried again. In 2019, using fake documents as part of an application for a $1.3 million mortgage on his home in New Jersey, described by the Daily News as a six bedroom, seven bath mansion. Bishop Whitehead was already facing charges that included fleecing a member of his flock to the tune of $90,000. Where is he? He's free on a half a million dollar bond. This guy is smarmy. This is just who you're right, Jackson. He's and just it really a doesn't, right? It doesn't really require, you know, that much of a history. It really doesn't require much to point out who and what he's. I guess my point is he's not that good at it, is he? No. And, and, and I mean, typically, I mean, how long can you really get away with just ripping people off? The people who do stuff like this. Don't have very long careers because your reputation is going to precede you at some point, especially when like you're actually involved in court cases. You know what I'm saying? That they have like documentation of how you just ripped this person off or tried to take a, a loan that you shouldn't have had. And 
whatever the issue is. I mean, this guy, he's going to go down. He's already gone down a few times, but he'll continue to go down until it's over. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's just a smarmy con artist. That's all he is. Now that you're done talking about the former president, if we could go back to Bishop, <laughs> if we could focus on Blank now, Bishop. If Blank Bishop, if Blank Bishop was white, he could run as a Republican. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it would be perfect. Maybe a little less flashy too. Then it will work. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. That's a very good comparison. Yeah. <laughs> if he was white, he'd be down at CPAP. He'd be on Fox and Friends with the one annoying comedian guy. Okay, he'd be questioned. And he'd be laughing through it all. But Bling Bishop, I predict, will have to give up whatever Bling he has left and ill-gotten gains in these these purchases, where everything he wears does look like it's this curtain material. They'll pull it all <laughs> back. They'll pull it all back, and we know where he will end up. But I guess I would ask you: He's so easy for you to spot, and me too. Why would anybody be following this flamboyant foolishness? Why would he have a congregation? Because there's a sucker born every minute. <laughs> That's why. I mean, you might be a nice sucker, but at the end of the day, you're getting, you're getting played. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes yeah. you never know where people are. And I mean, that, that was a little harsh, but at the same time, you never really know where people are mentally. You know, a lot of the, the people could be going through something hard. And oftentimes, I mean, if you're if you're a fraudster, you have to go after people who are going to fall for it. You have to go after people who are going to believe you. Uh, so they get very good at identifying uh, who those individuals are. Even even like people who, um, you know, maybe like do stuff like this with women, like different types of womanizing. You know, you only go, you only gonna do. You can't do certain things with every woman. There's only a certain yeah. woman that's gonna let you just do all of this and that. So it's no different from him. He's just identifying victims, and um, especially too when it comes to religion. Uh, you know, if you say the word Jesus and God, people will look past a whole lot. Yeah, and there's so many people who just want to believe in something. Um, I loved having you on. I always love it when you join us. Quickly tell folks where they can find you. You can find me on Rebel HQ and you can find me on my YouTube channel, Politics and Paper, youtube.com slash at Politics and Paper. It's always good being on here with you as well, Sharon. Appreciate you very much. Dr. Richie will return uh, until he does. This is indisputable. We thank you for joining us. Welcome to Indisputable, I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today, but what do we do on this show? We tell the truth, you know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here, congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. People still need healthcare, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform throughout this country, so I won't stop, and you won't stop either.